0: We may be a day late, but we're coming to you live from the Arkansas Grown Conference, where the Arkansas AgCast starts right now. You're listening
1: to the Arkansas AgCast, where we discuss the latest news, trends, and issues impacting Arkansas farmers and ranchers. Our show is brought to you by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation and hosted by Jason Brown and John Nickman.
0: Howdy, 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 gentlemen. Hello. How are we? Doing good. I'm good. Boy, you guys got <laughs> a lot to say today. <laughs> Traffic's bad out there. I just wanted to leave you hanging for a minute. I, to... uh, look, I owe you an apology. I didn't mean to wake you up. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> you are full uh, of energy well (laughs) since you've got all the energy how are you tell us more i'm doing great i'm you know what i like i like a good show recorded uh on site and uh that's what we're doing today Mm. we're in hot springs for the arkansas grown conference Mm -hmm. um at the request of of uh our friends who put on this this year of agriculture department uh and yeah, uh, so it's Friday. We're out and about. We're with the we're with the people. Absolutely, boots on the ground. Um, you know,
1: I just how can <laughs> you not get into that? So is, I, I do have energy, in a mood today. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm he's glad to be feeling here. himself, as they say. Uh, Honestly, it took us so long to get through the intro; <laughs> I kind of fell asleep. So. <laughs> 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 At least he's honest.
0: Oh, you know. Sometimes it takes more <laughs> Yeah sick burn uh, Sometimes it takes uh, It takes a few times To get that recorded Yeah uh, How about here. another burn I've, I have been wanting To ask this question For months Dude. Oh goodness I'm so afraid When are you gonna Grow beard <laughs> Well you can, know Can you I've been asked that (laughs) my entire life. And John McMahon is on the trail. It is impossible, my friend. See, I came up in high school in the nineties when 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 sideburns were the (laughs) soul patches. Soul patches, (laughs) sideburns. You better believe it. Could not grow a sideburn to save (laughs) my life. Don't feel bad.
1: I had this disgusting (laughs) neck.
0: In high school, and
1: these nasty chops. Oh, yeah. that's
0: funny. That's bad. So I will ever. For, I thought it was. Cool, I will though. forever be your bald face friend. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> well, somebody's gonna going to do it. Yeah. That's fair. Uh, but I will tell you, all three of us are holding a good head uh, of hair still. Yeah. So we we got that going for us, so, and Matthew too. Yeah. Um, for that matter. Um, yeah. Uh, let me see. It's Friday. It is, it is uh, a, an adventure to get to uh, Hot Springs right now. Uh, you know, the we've Interstate had all this weather, weather with the ice yeah. and the snow. Kids were out of school another week, um, you know. And uh, after the ice and the snow came all the rain, yeah. which we're we getting a little break from today, but we've we got more rain coming in tomorrow. Um, and it has just absolutely wreaked havoc on the roads. Yeah,
1: you know. Uh, personally I, I i feel like i haven't gotten in the groove of work again since christmas yeah afterwards i mean we had christmas holiday new years and then we had uh, uh the snowstorm like you said and then uh-huh. my little boy got sick i don't know if i've put in a full week's worth of work since, <laughs> since like first back. week of december yeah <laughs> and that's that's not because i hadn't been trying you know it just well, well I mean, that's how the cards fall no comment yeah uh. Some of us work harder (laughs) than others. We got it recorded now. Yeah, Mm. we do, don't we? Um, Have y'all made your way around down here in the trade show? Uh, I've bounced around a little bit. Yeah? Not, Not as much as I'd like.
0: Yeah, um, I've seen I've seen a few interesting things. We've got some vehicles over here. I was telling you, you ought to yeah, be go take a look at that uh, Grand Wagon. I
1: bet they're proud of that wagon. I uh,
0: bet you they are too, buddy. I bet there's six six figures involved mm-hmm, in that one. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let me see. Uh, yeah, I mean I've seen a few interesting things. Some hydroponic type. I did see that uh, some vertical hydroponics, vertical uh, growth. You know, it, being specialty crop focused. We see some things that we're kind of out of the ordinary that we normally see. Our friends at Arkansas eight one one man; those guys have always got some uh, great things. I've been saying we were going to get him on the podcast and yeah. record something, yeah, because the information he shares is, is really valuable. I got to hear him at the White County Farm Bureau annual meeting, um, and I was kind of blown away by the by the information that he shared there. Um, I saw Origami Sake, which is uh, pretty interesting. A hot spring sake brewery. Yep. Uh, Arkansas's only sake brewery. They're using Arkansas rice. Uh, sure. They are using yeah. Arkansas rice. Um, uh, when I walked in the door, it's just a lot of interesting stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, here. Um, so anyway. Yeah. This uh, conference has a lot of different.
1: Uh, I don't want to say commodities, but just avenues or. Mm-hmm. Offerings because mm-hmm. it's not a specific, specialty crops or uh, local foods it's specific to one, one crop or one animal or anything like that. So there's a lot to offer here, and it's a very unique conference. I think. Yep. Uh, and I've always really enjoyed it. Although we're only in our second year, I think, of the conference. Yeah, and yeah. we were live
0: last year. We, we were. We we were. came to you from the conference last oh, yeah. year.
1: We interviewed West Ward, the secretary. We of did. America. I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. And then you know, uh, we we gave a workshop uh, the past two days uh, talking Mm. about how uh, Arkansas Farm Bureau can benefit specialty crop growers uh, and some of the resources and things like that. Uh, That's been well received. It's been great to to be involved in that and hear and get to know other other, uh, producers and those within the industry and make some connections there too. Uh, And then, look, it's always just good to be in Hot Springs. Well, it's lucky for you guys. I uh, I had to. Help
1: set all this stuff up. Cause yeah, I was gonna come down early and
0: heckle. Heckle. <laughs> <laughs> well, Make uh, faces. yeah, we uh, we probably we probably that might have thrown us off our game a little bit. We you know <laughs> we we a one two combo when we get in, when we got in that workshop. We we had some we had some fun in there today. Um, Matthew, will you take us to lunch today? Hot Springs. All right, he says yes, boys. We'll see. Where do you think, where, where would you go?
1: Oh, man, there's too many options here yeah. in Hot Springs. Matthew's got a bunch. I know the, the Mexican know. restaurant that Matthew adores. Taco Mama. I still have never eaten there. Yeah, uh, but um, oh, he's
0: just—he's making it worse. I him? did see
1: somebody he's, he's eating a point. some pizza last night on social media, and I thought about it this morning on the way down here. I was like, mm, I sure would like some pizza. There's two great pizza places but, here. One's better than the other, but, but there I'll is a burger here that. that's really, really good too. So
0: yeah, there's that. It's up to Matthew. He's paying today, so um, we talk, I, We were talking before we came on that German place is is good. I like it. If you, you haven't you been you have in different there, thoughts. If you haven't, you, you've got to go into
1: that restaurant. Yeah. You, you yeah. feel like you just walked into Munich or, you know.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, they've got the whole vibe authentic. going on down there. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's nice. I like it. Yeah. That's
1: pretty harsh. You guys make him tote all this stuff down here, record everything, set up everything, and
0: then make him pay <laughs> for lunch. That's, well, look, that's what he gets for being the food expert. <laughs> I mean, that's just house. Yeah. Oh me! Well, all he right. has a
1: really nice cart. I've always really been jealous of this cart. The so cart he,
0: is very nice. He's not working too hard. Ah, uh, well, I disagree. I think he's. Uh, I think he's taking good care of us. In I addition, didn't say he wasn't. <laughs> Come on. In addition to uh, the regular show, what we're going to do here, we're going to bring on uh, Gary Madison uh, mm-hmm. to talk to us. Gary works for the Farm Credit Council. Uh, he specializes in new and beginner farming programs and outreach. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to that. He's a keynote here, yep uh at the conference. I think he's speaking at lunch too uh so we, uh, we're we just really excited to have uh, Gary uh, agree to come and be yeah. a part of the show here in a little bit.
1: Yeah, Gary's from, what, New Hampshire?
0: Or? New Hampshire, well, D.C. by way of yeah. New Hampshire. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see you know?
1: his point of view and you know what what's agriculture like up there.
0: Up there, yeah, yeah that's, a, to here. that's a good call. So we're, we're looking forward to that. So in, the, in that sense, we'll just bring a couple stories to you today. We've got a couple stories lined out and then we'll spend the rest of the day uh, talking to Gary uh, here live from the show. Mm-hmm. As always, we are live. We're in a trade show, uh, concrete floors, concrete walls. So the sound quality may not be what you're used to, If you're, especially if you're listening and can't see us. Pretty noisy, uh, but that's okay. That's one of the reasons we li- like to get out and do these Man, things. Just know we're trying. That's it. That's yes. it. Uh, let me see. Uh, before we get into the news, a couple of things on the list. We talked about the A-State Uh, agri business conference last week Uh, that's going to be held on february the 7th in jonesboro Uh, and uh, we all we did was give the date last week so i thought we'd round back and give a little few more details that conference is going to kick off at 8 30 on the 7th i believe that's a wednesday Mm -hmm. Uh, and a few of the things that are on the agenda you'll have an update on the a state college of ag Um, sort of a state of the department there from Dr. Uh, Latour. Uh, And then uh, there's going to be a session on agribusiness trends uh, right now, and that's going to come from the CEO of Ag Heritage. Uh, Rice Tech and the U.S. Cotton uh, Trust Protocol have got a session where they're going to talk about sustainability issues in rice and cotton. Uh, and then you've got a session on the economics and politics of the farm bill uh, from the uh, division of ag at Mississippi state university mm. uh, and a lot more. And as you know, in the afternoon there are always commodity specific sessions that go on and those, those conversations and sort of breakouts. Um, so make sure you're planning to attend that again, February 7th, a state agribusiness conference in Jonesboro, happening at Fowler Hall. If you just Google that, uh, you'll be able to find all the details you need. You think Dr. Greenwald will be there? <laughs> it's his show, buddy. <laughs> you better believe it. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then lastly, before we move into the news, just a quick reminder. We've talked in the last few weeks, we've talked a lot about the equip application process uh, with the Act Now program. And just want to remind you, That is live. That application window opened on January the 22nd. It's open for 30 days. Uh, And uh, if you want to know more about that, we have a deep dive. Uh, You can go and find where you listen to podcasts with Alvin Mm Peer. He's one of the folks that works on that program. He goes all into the details. But if you're interested in high tunnel, if you're interested in soil health, if you're interested in energy on the farm, uh, you've probably got an opportunity to to go, and you should be looking at some of those funds made available. In total, nineteen million dollars over that thirty day application period. So you should uh, you should look into that. Yeah. Um, anything else before we get into the news? No, no, not right. that I can think of. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to start with some exciting news, by the way, of the American Farm Bureau Convention in Salt Lake City this week. Brian, you. Are fresh back from that. That's must be um,
1: nice. It was fantastic.
0: Yeah. Awesome. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, what went on there, especially uh, as, Ar- as it applies to Arkansas. Uh, first off, we had a great representation in Utah. A large number of our members and staff, as we mentioned, attended the uh, convention to represent Arkansas uh, there. Uh, turns out we picked up a little bit of hardware while we were there, too. Yeah, Uh, Arkansas was one of six states to be awarded the Pinnacle Award, the highest honor a a state Farm Bureau can be awarded uh, for program membership and achievement. Uh, We also received an award uh, of excellence for achievements across all four program areas, advocacy, coalitions and partnerships, engagement and outreach, and leadership and business development. So, uh, yeah, a couple couple trophies uh, coming home from Salt Lake there. Uh, In addition to the awards, there were a number of policy issues addressed. A total of 346 voting delegates took part in the business session uh, where public policy positions were defined by the American Farm Bureau membership. Uh, Among the topics addressed were farm labor, development of the Farm Bill, federal tax policy, redesignation of the Buffalo National River, livestock marketing and rural development Uh, just a shout out to the members who made the time to attend the 105th afbf convention in salt lake city uh we'll have more on these awards and policy piece uh in today's issue of the farm bureau press if you get that uh which should hit your inbox here shortly um yeah so uh a great time i've heard nothing but positive things about the convention in salt lake city talked to a few members from staff Mm -hmm. Um, and congrats to everybody involved in 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 this recognition too, um for Arkansas Farm Bureau. Yeah,
1: and this is uh, what President Wright's first AFBF conference says President as Arkansas President Arkansas Farm that's Bureau. That's absolutely right. Yeah, I see him on stage on some of the social media things I saw. So yeah, happy for him.
0: And our first Pinnacle Award is that right? Did I, that did I make that up? I believe so. Yeah. So uh, way to get things going, Dan. Yeah, Dan
1: is <laughs> coming in and in here doing things. Well, right. uh, I guess it's my turn, my yeah.
0: story. Uh,
1: I'm going to divert from local food, local food systems. You're, you're stepping on my Oh, am sorry. Right? Yeah. sorry. Goodness gracious.
0: Man. He's needy. He's I'm, needy. Yeah.
1: yeah, I'm stepping my stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> so like I, I got said, you hemmed <laughs> up. <laughs> oh, <my> gosh. <laughs> Just trying to move my head, and I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> panicked a little bit. Some people don't understand the, the concern, but it's all well. right. Well, Anyways, all right. all right. like I said, I'm going to divert a little bit from local foods, local food system for my story today, and talk about some developments in agricultural exports and shipping costs around the world. I know. I know. <laughs> We're at the Arkansas Grown Conference. It's okay. And it would be more fitting to spotlight local food production, but I wouldn't make this shift if I didn't think this story was important. All so, right.
0: Well, I'm glad you're bringing it. All right.
1: The, so this story comes our way from Southern Ag Today, which has several authors who contributed to the article? So, if you want to know more about them, please venture uh, over to uh, uh, their website and click on the "Southern U.S. Agricultural" or "Southern U.S. Agriculture Faces Headwinds in Asia Amid Red Sea Shipping Disruptions." Hmm. Uh, <clears throat> as I'm sure by now everyone is aware of the shipping issues we've seen uh, with the Mississippi River and also with the Black Sea due to geopolitical issues between Russia and Ukraine. But, however, the shipping blockades in the Red Sea and constraints at the Panama Canal have created more ripples in the shipping costs that we might see trickle back down to the supply chain mm. here at home. Due to terrorist attacks on shipping vessels in the Red Sea, one of the most critical shipping routes in the world for southern U.S. agricultural products, uh, ships have been diverted through the Cape of Good Hope. This in turn has created more than a 50% decrease in shipping volume to the region, mm. uh, and has also increased shipping timelines by almost 30 days, and has no doubtly increased shipping rates. The authors of the article have already seen notable freight rate increases. For example, an increase in average cost of transporting a standard container, which is measured as a twenty-foot equivalent uh, unit or a TEU, mm-hmm. has gone up from about seven hundred U.S. dollars in November 2023 to over one thousand nine hundred dollars in January 2024. Mm-hmm. There are other routes, such as China and uh, northern from China to northern Europe, which rose uh, from nearly seven hundred fifty U.S. dollars to. Two thousand U.S. dollars as of January eighteenth, twenty twenty-four. Just to the south of us, the Panama Canal's limited capacity has further complicated the situation. Initially, rerouting from the U.S. Atlantic seaboard and the Gulf of Mexico to Asia via the Suez Canal. However, many carriers have shifted back to the Panama Canal. Uh, this critical passage for southern U.S. ag exports destined for Asian markets is now causing increased congestion and delays mm. as well. This, in turn, should give rise to concerns about stressing trade relations between the U.S. and Asian countries, uh, which is already probably fairly stressed. The authors of the article wrapped up by offering some suggestions for exporters in the southern U.S. and how to respond to these challenges. They should explore alternative uh, logistical strategies, which include diversifying port usage. This is interesting. Considering air freight for urgent shipments. Can you imagine shipping tons of soybeans Soybeans, through the the air? Uh, and reevaluating supply chain routes to mitigate the impacts of delayed deliveries and increased costs. However, these adjustments come with their own financial and operational complexities. Hmm. I'll just go and echo what these guys are saying in this article. And uh, mentioned that this kind of issue has always kind of scared me. And I've mentioned it several times here on the, on the podcast, mm-hmm. agricultural production in the U S has been scaled up to meet international demand over the last hundred years.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, and it just makes me think what happens if that demand goes away Yeah, and what kind of impact will that have on our industry here at home? And what would it look like if we didn't have that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been following this a little bit. uh. I, I by the way, not that you need my agreement, but totally agree. I think this is right on to bring today and very timely. You said that. Thank you. Stop it. (laughs) Just complimenting you. Uh, But I was reading a story last night that said alluded to the fact that maybe China had intervened a little bit, calling on Iran. I think some of these attacks have been tied back to groups or a group who've Mm -hmm. been funded by Iran potentially. And this story alluded to the fact that maybe uh, China had uh called on Iran to maybe make some calls yeah. and, 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 and try and try and address this situation yeah. a little yeah. bit because it is placing pressure uh, throughout the world on on trade relationships. yeah and
1: I think one thing to focus in on here is that you know exports are going out of the country in every direction, but as far uh-huh. as agriculture is concerned. Our agricultural products, the majority of them, a vast majority of them, come through the Gulf of Mexico via the Mississippi River. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. this could make a huge impact if nothing is changed yeah. or fixed. And yeah. it won't be a positive impact. And that those shipping costs are all going to go up, which means prices for farmers will probably go down.
0: Yeah, you know, and so. that shipping can continue. But if there's alternate routes involved or going, you know, having mm-hmm. to go around... This landmass instead of through a yeah. canal or whatever, you know, what, there's so much that could happen yeah. there. I mean, every bit of that is a price impact. Yeah. And I say um, prices as in prices
1: received for what you're growing. Right. Not like sorry, your input yeah. Cost, cost yeah, cost you're in the coast. Yeah, you're exactly right.
0: Um, so anyway, well, yeah, that's a, I, I love that one. And, and I think it's something we're going to have to continue to follow on. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for some reason, I've gotten really caught up in trade issues the last yeah, few months. Yeah, well, so. you're into it. I didn't do very well in international trade in colleges. I don't know why I'm reading you these stories. <laughs> you're making it up they're for important. time. they're important,
0: man. No, they are important. And, oh, uh, you know, yeah, anyway, I, I just think it's good to cover it.
1: Yeah. Well, when we come back, we'll have uh, our guest, Gary Madison, on the show. But first, let's take a short break and hear a bit about what a Farm Bureau membership can do for you and your community.
0: Your Arkansas Farm Bureau membership supports the work we do on behalf of Arkansas farmers, ranchers, and communities around the state. A $40 annual Farm Bureau membership makes a difference in your neighborhood. From youth leadership programs and academic scholarships to hunger relief and disaster support, you can make a difference and be a champion for your community join at arfb.com again you've probably noticed that it's not just uh not just me and you here anymore yeah, and Brian. who is this guy uh i know <laughs> so uh we do have a uh, we've taken advantage of, uh, of the opportunity to speak with one of the keynote speakers here yeah uh mac you want to tell us who we got
1: yeah uh, so we've got gary madison here uh on the on the adcast today are you excited I'm excited, (laughs) (laughs) yes. Gary is the SVP for Beginning
2: Farmer Programs and Outreach at the Farm Credit Council. Gary, welcome to the show. Why, thank you. I'm very glad to be here. This is the best ag cast I've done today. (laughs) (laughs) He's got jokes, everybody. He gets it. (laughs) Well, let's let's kick off
1: the the conversation with a little bit of background about you or where you come from. Tell us how you, you got
2: into agriculture and certainly how you became an expert on beginning farmers. Sure. Well, there was a time when I was a young, beginning small farmer myself. I started in the greenhouse cut flower business. Well, actually, before that, I worked on a farm, Mm. uh, a commercial simmental breeding farm in the Hudson Mm. Valley of New York State. And right next to that property was a greenhouse business. I ended up working there at the greenhouse business, buying some seeds from them a few years later, moving to New Hampshire and building a new greenhouse business, uh, a whole third of an acre Uh, That was the size of my greenhouse (laughs) business in New Hampshire and grew anemones as cut flowers and Mm. sold them to wholesale florists. So I kind of stayed away from direct to retail until we got cattle, which was actually the first year we were there, Mm. we got cattle. And so I owned cattle for 30 years, Mm. along with uh, growing flowers and and after that, I got a real job with Farm Credit. <laughs> <laughs> I got a great job. That's funny. So uh, you were in uh, direct consumer
1: marketing with your cattle as well. Yes. Yeah. I wow. was okay. uh,
2: grass-fed beef before you called it that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's all we had to feed them. So. <laughs> <you want to laughs> what, ride, y- but... what year was that? <laughs> Gosh, we started farming in New Hampshire in 1981. And you oh, were wow. direct to consumer. Yes. Well, yep. Somebody. Somebody
0: at this table was born that year. Uh, you were. You were direct to consumer <laughs> back then. Yeah. That's and, groundbreaking.
2: And it's, it's, the you know, the reason that happened is the, uh, the Northeast used to be commercial agriculture. There was wholesale apples, yep. wholesale dairy, poultry, broilers. All of that disappeared in the 1960s. By the 1960s, it was largely gone. Potatoes were a big thing. Oh, wow. Okay. And so those farms... Uh, Transitioned, many of them transitioned into direct to retail because we had a lot of people right there, uh-huh. but we didn't have a whole lot of production capacity. So, sort of upscaling the idea of the you know a dairy farm all of a sudden becoming. An ice cream bar where they, uh, I mean, dairy Agri-tourism bar. tourism yeah. yeah. on, the, yeah. on exactly. the front end. Wow, exactly. and that's the, amazing. That, that's, that sentiment of actually selling the experience mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. the kind of the thing that I grew up in oh. uh, from the 80s when I started farming into, of course, the, the major part of the economy that it is now. Yeah, we said, <sighs> wow, I mean, that's very cool. Across
1: the southeast and you know, probably up your way, we've seen a lot of dairies transcend, transition into that. You know, they're not just a standalone dairy anymore. They're a creamery as well. And like you said, they're selling that experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not mm-hmm. for
2: everybody. I mean, it's a very different you know, kind of business once you get toward – when you have customers, things get pretty, can get pretty sticky. In the uh, early
0: 90s, we had over 300, uh, and I'm ho- I hope I'm remembering this correctly, dairies in the state of Arkansas. We're, we're a small state. Uh, we're um, 20. Ish maybe dairies right now. Wow, and That's, we think that that could be overshooting it a little bit. The last we, the dairy industry has really taken a hit in Arkansas.
2: The last time I looked at it, uh, out of the hundred or so dairy farms that were in new or that are in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. I think fifteen of them are direct to retail. Really? Oh, and, wow. and some at, at scale. I mean, they're wow. big. Wow. That's cool.
0: So. All right. Huh. Well, that we believe Mitch, it or not, we're not here to talk about yeah, yeah, yeah. Go uh, uh, dairies. <laughs> the farm guy ratchets. talking about dairy. But now we want to talk about <laughs> Now I want to have, like, part two of the show. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to come back to
1: that. Uh, but we'll talk about that. So our listeners are pretty familiar with farm credit. Yeah. The majority of people in Arkansas are. But what would you tell us about the Farm Credit Council and the focus of that work and what you do mm-hmm. there? yeah. Oh.
2: Uh, you know, that's a good distinction to make. The Farm Credit Council is the trade association for farm credit. So, okay. like Farm Credit of Western Arkansas would essentially be a customer or a member of the Farm Credit uh, Council. Ah, right. um, And our so, Lindsay. you know, we're uh, like Farm Bureau. We're dues driven. Um, uh, the members don't change. There are only so many farm credit <laughs> associations and banks out there. Sure. Um uh, But uh, the Farm Credit Council gets dues from members to do its operations in D.C. So like AFBF, we are the legislative and uh, uh, lobbying voice to both uh, the ag committees and to the administration, and to our regulator, our independent arm's length regulator, the Farm Credit Administration, mm. which would be analogous to the FDIC yeah. uh, sure, sure, for sure. banks. Yeah. So okay. your,
1: your membership is the associations and the, and the banks themselves, not individuals? Correct. Okay. Yeah, correct. Right. Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, you know, we hear it all and, the time. Okay, oh, there's there's one ahead. other
2: cool thing that Farm Credit is an odd duck. But just let me, you know, if if you're a member of your local farm credit association, you own your farm credit association as Mm -hmm. a member. Your association owns a bank as a a cooperative Mm -hmm. also. The four banks own the farm credit funding system as a cooperative that sells bonds on Wall Street. That's where we get our money. There's no president of farm credit. There's nobody in charge. It's a cooperative of cooperatives. So if you think about it as a, as a, as a business execution strategy, it makes things kind of tough because <laughs> sounds like we, we it. Yeah. all have to talk each other into it yeah. if we're going to do yeah, yeah, something yeah. new and different. Yeah. And, and one of those things that was new and different that Congress gave to us as a, as a mission element was serving young, beginning, small, the special needs of young, beginning, yeah. small, beginning, young, beginning and small farmers. Yeah. Well, excellent, because that's exactly what we wanted to talk about. It forces about. everybody to work together, doesn't it? it does yeah it does uh but you know if you've ever roped cattle uh or herded cats <laughs> there's certain similar a lot of cat herding in one time
0: yeah amen we're parents so uh there you <laughs> go. well look we hear it all the time you, you you just you just brought it up for us but farming farming you you talked about new and beginning farmers but farming can be hard to get into we we talk about that a lot whether this be issues with finding land Getting financing, uh, any any number of items in that in that long list of challenges. What do you see as challenges that come up most often? Uh, that and, and you could speak about these in terms of row crop or, or, or you know cattle farmer, um, but I, I would love to just hear the, the challenges that you hear about most often.
2: Well, it's a, if you ask me the ones I hear about and the ones that I identify, those are two different things. Cause okay. Pe- yeah. People yeah. love to complain about how hard it is to get into farming, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but how, how I look at it is that the, the, the most difficult thing for a beginning farmer is to have their expectations in the right place because what they're trying to do is be in business mm. and they're trying yeah. to create a viable business. and. And somehow we've, we've sort of missed the boat in our ag organizations where we, we, we get kids growing up in agriculture that think, I've got to buy a farm to yeah. be a farmer, mm-hmm. or I've got to have a tractor, for gosh sakes, yeah. or a horse or something. money mm-hmm. and, and buying the thing isn't the same as operating the business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I work for an outfit that lends money to buy land, mm. but it's not necessarily a good strategy for a beginning farmer leasing yeah. land. Proving your business concept, being able to find out if you really like doing it, if you yeah. really can doing it. Yeah, and, that
0: makes a lot of sense.
2: And honestly, the the most successful farm transitions, because I deal with that uh, to some small degree, also, mm-hmm. the most successful farm transitions are where that beginning farmer coming back from, let's say, going to college with an ag economics degree, they mm-hmm. start by by farming the you know a twenty acre or forty pulling acre off a little chunk and they lease it yeah yeah and they trade labor for equipment time with mom or dad or uncle or whatever and they grow their operations separately on leased land and it's 10 15 years down the road before that that big farmer that you know that Uh iowa corn and soybean farmer buys land Uh yes it's it's, as a business strategy buying land first before you know how you're going to do it especially if you get outside to uh Retail facing agriculture, something where you got customers, you need a location, or you're in vegetables Mm. and you need markets, Mm -hmm. and you don't know the soil types. All those things to do it on leased land and prove a business before you actually try to be on that land as an as an owner is the most sensible advice, and that's what I think is is one of the biggest problems for beginning farmers.
1: Yeah, Yeah. Uh, you know, when I was at the U of A, we were doing a lot of enterprise budgets, doing a lot of presentations, and did some sort of kind of consulting effort with with producers, and my my biggest preach to them was, this was for fruits and vegetables, right? In direct consumer marketing, know where your customers are and what they want. Yeah. Mm. And okay. if if you don't, then you're just you're, you're setting yourself up for failure.
0: But yeah. part of that is learning the market. You don't yeah. want to be learning to farm while you're learning the market. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like or. Or trying to make a land payment yeah, yeah. i
1: like right. carrots so i'm gonna grow carrots well yeah. do your customers like carrots <laughs> you know? yeah who yeah. are your customers
2: the, the second hardest thing in farming is selling the stuff that you grow mm. uh, that you know as far as growing it and i'm not you know i was a grower mm-hmm. give me a little break here that little seed the carrot seed yeah. has all the information on being a carrot that that carrot needs mm-hmm. right yeah. all you're doing as a farmer is giving it some optimal conditions mm-hmm. the hard part the thing that the carrot can't do is sell itself. Yeah. Sure. And that's the second hardest thing in farming is selling the stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've seen it on multiple occasions that farmers are really good at farming. Yeah. And then trying to market and, you know, sell that product is is probably the most difficult thing for them to do. No, 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 Along no, with no. the many other hats that's, that they wear. That's throughout. the second
2: most difficult yeah. thing. <laughs> the <laughs> most <laughs> difficult <laughs> thing in farming is stopping. stop ah. <laughs> Wait, Give me a minute here. Gotcha. No, really. Because stopping farming altogether is an emotional thing. It's yeah. your identity is there. Mm-hmm. And stopping also includes like stopping growing carrots because I'm not making any money. At, yeah, they <laughs> aren't. <and laughs> yeah. That's Farmers fair. have trouble stopping. That's the biggest problem. Second yeah. biggest problem is selling it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, uh,
1: you know, th- those are some of the challenges you discussed. What about opportunities for big- beginning farmers that you've seen? In you know, what what are some tools that Farm Credit might have out there for? For producers and beginning farmers,
2: uh, well, um, you know we like to lend money to people who pay it back, <laughs> and, and that money is a heck of a good tool. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so having a plan on how you're going to pay it back is like you know that's a uh, walking in the door with a, a cash flow budget um, that says here's when I'm going to make money and here's when I'm going to spend money, and here's how I'm going to pay you back is is golden. Yeah. Mm. And farm credit's charter. Is that we can only lend to agriculture, things owned by farmers, is mm. which it would include forestry and fishing, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and of course, row crops or livestock. But the the uh, having a plan that says here's what I'm going to do is is really the essence of of being able to go on out and, and get the tools uh, sure. uh, to help you do it like like cash. And cash, you know a loan is not it doesn't make you a better farmer to borrow money. Uh, right, but. Um, Farm Credit looks at a borrower, a young borrower, and sees a rural entrepreneur. That's what we oh, see. I love them. that. Yeah, yeah. And, and because statistically, and I'm, now I'm backing away from actually lending somebody something, but statistically mm. that, that beginning farmer, let's call him a rural entrepreneur now, yeah. him or her, is going to own two or three other non-ag production businesses in the course of their farming career. Hmm. And they are an economic engine in their community. Yeah. they're what mm-hmm. make rural communities tick. They're going to be the folks in the community that you go to, and and somebody's going to say, "Hey, you want to go in business with me yeah. on this?" That's how they get those other businesses. Besides yeah. the things like I got, I'm, I'm growing corn and soybeans. I got a uh, live bottom trailer. I'm going to be hauling in the in the off season. Yeah. You know that that's right. the typical sort of thing. But the rural entrepreneur and uh, that concept and emboldening and, and, and enabling. The rural entrepreneur, I think, is how farm credit sees beginning farmers. Okay. We know they're going places. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah We're, like we're lucky they're in agriculture, for yeah, starters. Yeah, yeah, no right. doubt.
0: I love that. Yeah, you
1: know, it kind of sounds like what you're saying is knowing how to manage working capital,
2: right? Oh, there you go. That. Thank you for bringing up the financial skills <laughs> well, that <laughs> I'm hey, look, supposed hey, look, to be talking about. Look, here's the deal. He's an
0: economist, and he he tries to get nerdy on us all the time. <clears throat> we just kind of have to back him down a bit. Yeah. <sighs> Excel spreadsheets are his love language. I'm going to prove myself to my employer. (laughs) Come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, look, you work in agriculture, you're a farmer yourself. Like, you know that there's one thing that everybody's talking about right now in January 2024 Farm Bill. Yeah. Uh, That's the thing that everybody is solely focused on, really. Um, And I'm just curious, you talked about some of the tools that Farm Credit offers. Just curious if you know, if you see, if you're pushing for, and you live in DC. So, uh, are you, are you, are you? What are you hearing as far as assistance or, or focus on beginning and new farmers in that farm bill as as it's being worked together?
2: Well, in in the big picture, uh, the the ag committees are tremendously supportive of initiatives for for beginning farmers. Mm. Um, the uh, you know the training aspect of it, the beginning farmer and rancher development program, having certain uh, uh, pools of money that's available at FSA or NRCS that are preferentially available to beginning farmers, all mm-hmm. that, or, or farmer veterans. Or, or, oh yeah, of course. Uh, for instance, uh, all of that is is uh, emblematic of how the ag committee s- see um, the the need to support beginning farmers. Mm-hmm. And of course, whatever they write in the farm bill is subject to the appropriations process, which is entirely separate. Um, mm-hmm. It is it is kind of frustrating that the farm bill is postponed. Uh, you know, the, the D.C. political look of it is they don't want to put the, a farm bill out there in the wind and let sure. people attack it. They've got to wait until they have floor time scheduled. That's the delay right now in uh, addressing the farm bill is that uh, Congress is kind of concerned about keeping the government open and a few other yeah. things like that, little little details. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, it's a frustrating situation where... It's very difficult in the way that Congress runs its processes that there's not the kind of committee hearings where you go and you debate which is better for beginning farmers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's hard to get to that point. All of those sorts of things have to come up in the, the, uh, uh, the remote hearings yeah. that they have on the Farm Bill, which right. I'm glad that Farm Bureau was so involved in those across the whole mm-hmm. country too we hosted one here in arkansas uh, you you kind of got a good direct line here <laughs> uh, <laughs> thinking i might hang around and look for a hallway conversation if you yeah. hang
0: out at farm bureau long enough you'll see Senator bozeman i can assure yeah. you that <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> he he drops by well that's that's good to know we you know we're, we're always advocating for anything that can help um uh, the those new beginning farmers we we talk about it a lot. John and I hosted a workshop today, which we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, and 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 we talk about the the average age of the farmer going up. It's a common thread that you hear a lot. And it's important to invest back in that in that farm. I mean, look, all of our all of our lives depend on it in one way or another. You know, we've got to eat, we got to have clothes, we got to do do these things, and so to make sure that we're investing back in the future um, through new and beginning farmers
2: is just incredibly
0: important. I'm preaching yeah. to the choir. It, That's your job, it is. but, you know.
2: <laughs> you know, that the, uh, the the aspect of how that works in farm credit is we have a specified mission to support young beginning and small farmers, mm-hmm. and every farm credit association in the country has its own beginning farmer program that mm. would involve usually a combination of financial incentives like a uh, paying FSA loan fees yeah. or having uh, lower lending standards so that uh, you know, you need less equity. So they try to stretch as much as they can in that way. But mm-hmm. significantly, and over the past, let's say, 10 years, especially at when back in the good old days when interest rates were low, mm-hmm. um, cutting somebody's interest rate because they're a beginning farmer had a lot less effect than having an education program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So farm credit associations have really, really stepped up what they do for education, holding conferences, uh, uh, doing... Uh, you know, having peer groups of farmers Mm. that are in similar situations so they can benchmark together things that are like really into the weeds with, with the financial skills and implementing those financial skills. And I think that's a, uh, you know, in, in the Northeast, that's something that farm credit started doing decades ago because Mm -hmm. cooperative extension evaporated in the Mm -hmm. Northeast. Mm -hmm. You've still got a strong extension system around here. And, uh, Farm credit works with whoever is out there, yeah. uh, extension in the states where it's active, Farm Bureau pretty much everywhere, um, to be able to deliver what beginning farmers seem to need. So it takes a lot of listening, yeah. Which which may be slow, yeah. Um, you know it it's, it takes time. And, yeah. Uh, I guess if you know we get to be engaged in the farm community in a way that that. Uh, uh, I, I think is great. A lot, I would say, you know, guess off the cuff. Forty percent of our loan officers nationwide are actually f- involved in a farming, farming. business. Yeah, so wow. they're there. They do it. and yeah. they kind of get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I will
1: echo that for the farm credits here in Arkansas. I've heard a lot about their programs and kind of the the, the networking they have within the, that system. Which, if you're not involved in it, you wouldn't know it existed, right? Yeah. But we yeah. have the same thing here at Farm Bureau. You know, I, I just it just popped in my head. I was like, well, man, maybe Gary can lower my pre or my my, uh, my interest rate a little bit. We get that all the time here at Farm Bureau. It's like, hey, can you lower my premiums? It's like, no, no, I work for the federation, but yeah. I, I'll, yeah. I'll introduce you to my agent. You know, but it's uh, well, you know, the more the borrow, the more you
2: borrow, the lower the rate. <laughs> so just <this is> <laughs> step it up there. The
0: the but your point's a good one, which is you've got to get involved. We were, we were, we were just talking about yeah. how how Farm Bureau can help specialty crop growers in this workshop and. Number one is uh, buy a membership, you know b- yeah. become a member, but don't if you stop there, you might be disappointed you're missing
1: out you you uh-uh, got
0: you. to get plugged in, you've got to be in the community, you've got to build the network, you've got to have the peer groups exactly what you're talking about to get the most out of it and to be your a low interest rate I love that is not going to be nearly as helpful to you as getting in and getting involved and and that's I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but i mean that's that's a great piece of advice for a new and beginning farmer.
1: Yeah, and the Absolutely. same thing we said early in our workshop is what you just mentioned. Your your loan officers are in those communities yep. living and breathing agriculture, mm-hmm. and that's one thing we said in our workshop. Our 50 employees we have in the Federation are either brought up in or around agriculture in one way or another. You know, they have a vested interest in mm-hmm. agriculture and want to see that succeed and prosper yep. and build it up. So uh, it, it's kind of interesting seeing both sides how – Farm Credit and Farm Bureau are kind of moving in the same direction,
2: in the same values. In a lot of ways. Values. We do. We do. We but depend on each other in D.C., I, I can tell you that. No. Well, <laughs> Absolutely. We got, we got one more question for okay. you. Okay. All right. Let's hear Okay.
1: Uh, we're, we're done with the serious questions. Okay. But you're still on the spot. Yeah. Uh-oh. Right. oh So we, with every interview we do, we, we try to have at least one fun question. Some are funner than others, but <laughs>
0: this is the one I have for you. <laughs> You know uh, I said that because I wrote this question. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he's, he's deflecting. He, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. exactly yeah. what he's doing. Yeah. Exactly. So I probably if you
1: don't done the question, it's not my fault. Bl- blame him. So, um, like I said, we always have a fun question. In addition to your farm with farm credit, you've been a farmer for thirty or three-plus decades, raised beef cattle, and, interesting enough, cut flowers. So we'll ask you this. Which is the toughest flower you've commercially grown, and which one – did you enjoy the most?
2: Well, that you, you just gave me a layup because I only grew one flower. No. <laughs> and, and actually, that's not true because you know I I grew anemones. You're gonna have to look it up. Not yeah, see anemones. For sure. I grew oh, anemones as okay. cut Anemone. flowers. Um, and uh, they're high value flower. Mm-hmm. Um, other than Valentine's Day week, they're more expensive than roses. We oh, hybridized wow. our own varieties, so I was out there with a little paintbrush on the flowers, making seed and all that. Oh. Mm. And I did actually grow other things outside, but I could never do anemones and then something outside. So I tried other things yeah. and failed miserably at every other flower. I only—I'm a one-trick pony. That's it. <laughs> yeah. So, is your market a florist? We sold to or wholesale wholesalers. Florists. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we were selling, you know, large quantities. Uh, yeah, uh, by the by the box, uh, and ac- actually, you know, some of the innovations there, and, and I got to brag about this in anemones. In uh, they're not sold by the dozen. We call them metric dozens, which would mean there's ten to a bunch, which means huh, me wow. as a grower gets a 20% gain on every bunch I sell because I'm putting 20% fewer flowers in a <laughs> <the laughs> bunch. So it, does, that, does
0: that math, math economist, does that work? <laughs>
2: as long as you're making a profit. We're, we're talking about marketing here, not math. Uh, yeah, yeah. Profit and Met, Metric yeah. dozens. If you're growing carrots, you may want to think about metric dozens. I love that, man. I hope <laughs>
0: my donut shop doesn't do that.
2: <laughs> it was a downside? Right.
1: We've got r- rural entrepreneurs and metric dozens, I think, came out of this show today. And yeah. We're going to have to steal that We're from running us. with that. We're running with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, Gary, thanks so much for joining the show today. We're so glad uh, you took the time to share a bit of your uh, for our listeners and uh, safe travels back home. Uh, I think you've got a speaking engagement here at lunch, so I, I do. we don't want to keep you any veterans? longer. And you know, yeah. we, there's, there's more important things you've got going on, I'm sure, than the podcast. No, right.
2: the, I, I got to have fun too. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's we're that's here. Great for. spending time with both of you. Well, thank awesome. you. Awesome.
0: Awesome. All right, well, that wraps up the news for this week. Thanks for following along with the Arkansas EyeCast. We're grateful to you for taking the time to watch and listen.
1: Remember, you can cut, you can catch new episodes of the show every Thursday afternoon. Find video episodes on Facebook
0: and YouTube and listen to the audio version wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to subscribe and leave us a review when you have a few extra minutes. The Arkansas EyeCast is brought to you by Arkansas Farm Bureau. I'm Jason Brown. And I'm John McMinn. And we'll see you next week.